Que ondas, primos y primas, and welcome back to my primos podcast. My name is Freddy. With me tonight is my primo and yours, Mr. Kevin Garcia.com. Say what's up, Kevin. What's up, primos? How there are he is, everybody. Mr. Monomythic.com as well. Check him out. Check I out. am a myth in my own mind, and that is all that matters. You know what? You're right. That's all that matters. Your world, we're just floating around in your in your little thought bubbles. And Kevin, I cannot prove that any of you exist outside of my consciousness. You know, as long as you know that we talk to you and answer, then we're okay, right? If, we're voices, if the voices in your head respond, are you ever really alone? I mean, then again, people have come to my house know very well that I have ongoing extended conversations with my cat. So that does not say a lot for your autonomy. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, we'll get into that in cat talk and maybe some ghost talk or something else talk. Kevin, who do we have joining us tonight? Maxi Rodriguez, creator. She of came Earth back. Money. You are. She back. came back. Going to scare her off. Hey, Maxi, say hi to everybody and thanks for coming back on the show. Yo, what's up? Thanks for having me on tonight's show. I'm surprised I'm cool enough to be back. Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm surprised we didn't scare you off. You know what I mean? Because we're like, um, man, never come back. Oh no, you guys are awesome. I like listen to some of your podcasts. I even like show my help. Like, look, 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 look. And he's like, Ugh. I'm like, look at this. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, damn yeah. straight. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Wait. thank you for the back. What you need to do is is get handsome stallion in the car for an extended road trip. Push play on my Primus podcast, and then he's just. He can't escape it. He can't. Right? And I recommend yeah. that to all my listeners. I mean, especially since he just transferred to a medical school in San Diego. So it's like a two-hour drive from oh. to San Diego. So he's got like two hours just to listen to you guys. Maybe. You know what? A captive audience is always the best audience because they have nowhere to go. No choice. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we do here. We're going to have a captive audience, by the way, this weekend, Kevin, at Texas Latino Comic Con, October 22nd. Primos, if you Dallas area, come and check it out. It's a free event. You don't have to be just Latino to be there, guys, okay? Everybody can come. Enjoy the fun. Tons of panels. Kevin's hosting, like, half of those panels, right? Yeah, I'm hosting three out of the five panels. Uh, the other ones are by Elia Maria, uh, who does spiced Elia strations right now. and used to do Elia in a box. Um, and what's uh, it's going to be at the the Latino Cultural Center there in Dallas, yep. and it is free. I cannot emphasize this enough. It is free. Got a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't know if I should go, or I don't know if I can go. I don't know. If it's free. Oh, okay, I'll be there. It's free from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's tons of fun. It's been almost going on three years since we haven't been there in person. So I'm really excited to go back. And so we'll have a live show there. So we'll have a captive audience. We'll be doing our thing there as well. Just come out, support the show, support some other artists and creatives that are just showing off their skills and just go spend some cash, primos. You know, it's funny. You mentioned uh, doing the live show. Uh, during the uh, the dark times, um, when we were not able to do live shows for Texas Latino Comic Con, uh, I hosted the online ones through StreamYard, which is how we record this podcast. So... I should mention that StreamYard, if you're looking for somebody to sponsor, we can take that. But the point is, is that yeah. I, I, I missed seeing them in person. And it's going to be nice to be back with the gang again. Definitely. And Maxi, I know that you said you're you're doing an event as well uh, this upcoming weekend. Can you talk about that? So I'm um, actually going to be at the, 
at the Comic-Con International Museum this Saturday in San Diego. I got asked to be part of a panel. Uh, I was invited by, I'm going to butcher her last name. Her name is Jessica, starts with a T, Sung, I think. And I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Jessica, I, I, I know her. Um, she is the comic book historian, right? The one who worked with uh, um, Robert Erkman. And yeah, yeah, I, I saw a couple of her panels in the uh, Comic Con past year. And I've worked with her on a couple of panels as well. Uh, she is, is very good, constant professional. Yeah, I apologize if she's listening to this if I butchered her last name. <laughs> I'll be surprised if she's listening to this show. And if she is, you primos can do it too, week to week on any streaming service of your choice for free. All it costs is what, Kevin? A listen, a like, a share. And I keep saying this every time. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with your enemies. Make your enemies <laughs> Exactly. Force your enemies yeah. to hear it. Tie your enemies down. Strap the headphone to their head. Put it on full blast and make them hear all of our ramblings. It's like my song that Stranger Things burned to the ground, the running up the hill thing, that one song. He was like, I can't stand this thing. And then eventually he ends up humming it at one point in the house. And I go, yeah, that's get our audience. You'll hate us and then you can't stop listening. So, but he, Kevin, you mentioned something before we were chatting a little bit. There's some movie news that was rumored, but now uh, Mr. Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. Is this right? Yeah. I mean, the big topic we're going to be discussing tonight is the She-Hulk series. The, the finale just came out. The whole show wrapped up. It had its uh, share of haters and its share of lovers. And that sounded weird. But the point is, is that <laughs> it, it was very, very popular and very talked about. But it's not the only Hulk news of the week. Because, yeah, like you said, Harrison Ford has officially taken over the role from uh, John Hurt of, uh, of, sorry, William Hurt of Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, um, which is interesting to me because his role in the movie so far is very different from his role in the comics. Uh, in the comics, he's primarily a Hulk antagonist, where he's a general that goes after the Hulk, although he has gotten into politics a little bit. In the movies, he's almost exclusively been the mouthpiece of the government whenever it comes down to any kind of hardline rules and laws and honestly if with William Hurt gone they could have just used a different character there's tons of politicians and, and generals in the Marvel comic book universe they could have used the only reason the only reason to recast this specific character is because Marvel really 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 wants to have a Red Hulk like it's not been confirmed that he's gonna play Red Hulk and we know he's gonna be in the Captain America movie um and we know that the uh villain of the Captain America movie is Hulk villain, the leader who also creates the Red Hulk. So, I mean, if he doesn't show up in that All movie, the signs like, are there. he's going to be Red Hulk at some point. Um, and, and the funny part is there is actually another Red Hulk in Marvel comics. They, I feel like when the character came out, he, he's almost a carbon copy of, of general uh, Ross and his name is general Maverick. So, you know, and mustache and everything turns into the Hulk. I, I would have thought with William Hurt gone, if they really wanted a Red Hulk, they could have just introduced that character. But I think they just want to maintain that character as Red Hulk. So I don't know. I think that they want to keep, I mean, don't get me wrong. Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. But with the whole news of, Jones, you know, it's all kind of interconnected. Like, isn't this just another reason to get more like, because I don't know if you guys are fans of Indiana Jones or not, but what was it? The Crystal Skull sucked, and everybody beats up that movie. 
I appreciated and, what they were trying to do. I could tell what they were trying. Mm, they, they, because, because what were they trying to do, Kevin? Okay, so look, Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Ford, sorry. Look George, at Maxie, like, oh god. George Lucas designed <laughs> the Indiana Jones franchise to be this homage to the 1930s and 40s serials that little kids would go to in the theater and watch every day. The the handsome hero with his jungle hat and his mm -hmm. whip and whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and honestly, th these are things that don't hold up too well today. I mean, he's literally grave robbing from cultures around the world. But the point is, is that that was the goal of it. And that was the 40s. Well, if you're going to jump ahead a decade or two to the late 50s and early 60s, low budget sci-fi was no longer about magics and magic and jungles. Low-budget sci-fi was now about aliens and flying saucers. So uh, also the bad guys. The bad guys were Nazis in the 40s, and in the 50s and 60s, they were communists. So the whole point of that movie was to show how the uh, Indiana Jones franchise would evolve with this whole, like, what the low-budget schlocky sci-fi for kids is going to be doing. And they did that. They did it horribly. It was bad, but they did it. And I appreciate the effort. It's not the aliens that were bad. It was the 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 acting, the writing, the setup, all that other stuff. The, the idea that they what were what were they trying to do again, Kevin? <laughs> You're not convincing my opinion to change on this one. I'm not again. I'm not telling you it's a good movie. I will not tell you ever it's a good movie. Okay. It's a bad movie. But I'm saying I understood why it was what it was. You know what I mean? Maxie, so like, are you a fan at all? I'm sorry, you cut off. What did you say? Are you, Are you an Indiana Jones fan? Yes and no. Um, well, I didn't get to when I was a kid because uh, supposedly it was too violent for me. So I've only seen clips in here and there of Indiana Jones. I will say I am kind of a fan. I just don't consider myself too much of a fan because I didn't get to watch all the movies. I did see part of crystal skull and i was just like uh no wonder i'm not a fan turn off the tv <laughs> do not fault you i do not fault you no but then is it that harrison ford they let him slide because he's harrison ford i mean he's in the star wars he he's he's the he's the fucking fugitive you know what i mean like personal opinion because disney owns star wars they own the MCU. They own Indiana Jones. I'm just like they own aliens. They own either, either Disney wants to make a, a the next great you know MCU film because people after Endgame just kind of lost interest and they're trying to bring them back. Or and this is me being the dork that I am. They they probably just want to do crossovers for all them fans who want to. We yep. want to see crossovers, like the biggest crossover since like what DC and Marvel. Well, yeah, well, I'm still waiting for that movie to come out. So I'm just like, hmm. I'm like Disney, y'all entering fan, fan service or, or fan, fan fiction, you know? Yeah, they, they're in, they're in that fan service zone, and, and you know what? You mentioned that Disney owns all those things, and I know this sounds horrible, but I, I really I want Disney to buy Sony Pictures. And I, I know, I know. It's like rooting, rooting for a monopoly is bad, and, and I agree, in theory. But but the thing is, is that I, I want Spider-Man back in the fold. I don't want a Craven movie. I want a movie where Spider-Man fights Craven. You know, I, I, I think my husband is a uh, handsome stallion. Is also like, can they buy? Because when I told him that they acquired 21st Century 
and I was like, okay. And then he's like, can they buy Sony? I'm like, why do you want them to buy? You said that's the, the studio that owns Spider-Man, right? I'm like, yes. He's like, can't they buy them instead? I'm like, oh. <laughs> and that's the thing is Sony doesn't have a single other uh, strong franchise right now. They don't have any other Sony brand names. Sony Animation isn't even a thing anymore. So it's like. Like, you're right. All but I got to give props to. Hold on. Hear me out. Let's all agree Spider-Verse is fucking amazing, right? Oh, yeah. That was it, a great it, fucking it Amazing. Cannot wait for the sequels. I'll tip my hat to that team, right, within Sony that did that. That is a great freaking movie. I'm okay with that. Maybe it was my son's birthday. It was going to launch, and it didn't, and they pushed it back. Whatever. But I'm ready for it. I'm all about it. Take your time, right? I'm all for it. But honestly, at this point, is it gonna, isn't it just going to happen? Aren't we just going to get to the point where – one conglomerate just owns everything, and then we're all gonna we're gonna get the Smash Brothers of, of comic books, and then everybody's gonna be happy. You know what's funny to me is the next Spider Verse. We already know from the uh, after credits of the previous movie, even that uh, Spider Man 2099 is gonna be there, and in Spider Man 2099's world, the conglomerates own everything. They own all exactly. of everything. The government is owned by conglomerate co corporations, so it's like. Yeah, I mean, self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, Disney's had it there. It's geeky for the MCU. And you know what? I like Harrison Ford. I'm I'm not a Star Wars fan, 100%, guys. So I'm sorry if you guys are out there listening. Maxie. See? Oh, man, I lost Maxie. Oh, there she is. She almost hung up on me. God. Oh, I'm not. My dog was crying, and she was just oh. like, let me out. And I was like, and I'm telling her. I made the dog cry. I made the dog cry. La pobrecita, because I don't like Star guy. Sorry, guys. Can't sit through them. Nah. And I sit through them. But I know enough about pop culture that you know you kind of have to know something about Star Wars. I haven't. I can't tell you. Let me rephrase. The only Star Wars movie I've sat through was Force Awakens. Is that right? It's not that bad of a movie. I mean, it's not great. It's not bad. It's fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually, um, I own all um, the original trilogy, including the prequels, on uh, a, a DVD limited edition case and stuff. And I bought it at Walmart. And the funny thing was it was hidden among the DVDs. And I'm like, ooh. Yes, I'm buying this so I can finally see the original trilogy and all that stuff. Because I haven't, I didn't never really got to watch the original trilogy as a kid. And so I'm going to the cash register and I give him the DVD and he's like, oh, dang, you found it? I'm like, he's <laughs> like, yes, it's the only one we have left. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I really want to watch the original trilogy. <laughs> Ring it up, homie. Big Star Wars guy? I, I'm I'm the oldest one here, so I actually have the trilogy as well on VHS. Ooh. real, if you really want. <laughs> yeah. Are you a big Star Wars fan, or legitimately, or just just because you were on that time? No, uh, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh, I'm a Star Trek fan. I like all that stuff. I I, 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 have a, I have one friend who's a bigger Star Trek fan than I am, another friend who's a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. Uh, I've watched all of the live action stuff. I, I have not watched all of the animated shows, mainly because the first episodes of the Clone Wars series were so 
bad. I could not go back and force myself to watch them, even though I know full well that the later seasons get really good. When they come out with Truman Capote parody, Jabba the Hutt, I, I just yeah. couldn't. I just couldn't anymore. I was like, no, no Star Wars. No. My nephews, man, they love this stuff. I mean, they sit there, they watch the Clone Wars, they watch all the off, like they were all about it. They consumed it like crazy. It's just not I for me. The Ewoks movies, and I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. Uh, my my brother and uh, his family with his wife, they went to Disneyland a few months ago uh, when they were down here in California visiting. So when I went up to Washington to visit them, my niece and nephew had the lightsabers. And they had all their little Star Wars stuff. And um, it was it. I think my nephew had the red saber. I'm like, ooh, Punch Bunny's the dark side. And they're like, the dark side? I'm like, yeah, the red saber's the dark side. And the blue one's the light side. And then, like, my little niece, she was like, ooh, Punch, you're the dark side. And he's like, okay. And of course, he's all happy and stuff. He didn't understand because I don't think they've seen the movies, but they were just like, Tia, how do you know this? I'm like, Tia is one of the biggest nerds in the family. I'm like the only one in the family that's a nerd. And then my brother's like, yeah, she's she's the biggest nerd in the family. Any pop culture questions you have, you direct them to her. <laughs> how old is your nephew? My nephew's like around four years old. Okay. Oh, yeah. Give him Give him like Six, six, seven, ten years, and then he's gonna be like, "Yeah, it's the dark side because I'm dark." Right, right now, he's more into the Hulk, Spider-Man, and Iron Man, all sleeping in his um, his uh, his uh, Sleeping Beauty castle that he got at Disneyland. They're nice. like either the Avengers HQ or the castle, and he's like, "I want the castle," and it was all pink and purple and cute, and um. I asked them because I didn't want to be rude, but I still asked because they brought it to my attention. I was like, so Punch, why did you want the castle? And he's like, well, so that way Iron Man, the Hulk, and Spider-Man can sleep. I'm like, ah, smart so, child. You know Very what? Smart. As as the certified Marvel historian, I'm going to say right now that's canon. <laughs> you can make a canon, right? Isn't there like a seal you have to stamp or something? Don't you have a, a stamp? Okay, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm joking with that, but there are several stories in which they put the Avengers into a magical castle fantasy land. So yes. it totally does work. It totally does work. Exactly. Well, with, uh, with Harrison Ford, we'll see with Indiana Jones, we'll see with Star Wars, a, a Hulk movie we'll see. Speaking of Hulk, time to talk about She-Hulk. Disney Plus. I know you have finished it completely. Max, you said you're almost there, but you're okay with the spoilers. Well, it's already been spoiled for me, so. Most of the big stuff. Darn you, internet! <laughs> well, no, I don't mind, really. <laughs> well, for those listening, if you haven't finished, know that this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. I've had people tell me, Kevin, that as soon as we start talking, anything they have in it, they literally turn it off. No, no, no. We no. really don't hold it. Don't turn it off. Right now. Pause. So watch the rest of the series. Unpause. Hey, welcome back. How was that rest of the series? Did you like it? Cool. Right. Let's talk about it now. Awesome. See, see how that works? See how that works? It's perfect. You don't need to stop listening. Contemplate your language. Well, let's start with you. So let's do a quick, uh, what do you want to do? You want to do just a quick overall opinion of the show real quick, and, and then we'll go from there as far as nitpicking, if anything, and then as far as like big surprises? Sure. 
Maxie, you want to start us off? Uh, what, what were your thoughts on what you have seen so far? I loved yeah. it. Oh my God. The, like I waited for a while to get into it because uh, people were kind of just, you know, the whole internet was divided. And then I kind of have a history of not getting too into like the actual comic shows. Like I haven't even seen any of the DC shows because I did, just doesn't catch my attention. I still haven't even finished WandaVision. That's how lame I am. Um, but I'm when not going to say you're lame, but you're like treading water. Exactly. <laughs> so when I got to She-Hulk, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, because I keep seeing like, I, I have some some friends, you know, have this issue with uh, they when they showed Megan the Stallion and, you know, She-Hulk twerking and they were losing their minds. And they're like, Tony Stark did not die for this. I'm like, Wow. Tony Stark was one of the few people who boned her too, okay, and had strippers on his plane. Yeah, okay. no kidding. Tony Stark literally his very first scene in the present of the MCU, because there was that flash forward at the beginning where he's in the prison. But in the very first scene in the present of the storyline, he's waking up after a one night stand and kicks the girl out. And I mean, like, She Hulk is not anywhere near that bad. And then plus, I even told him, like, yo, obviously I haven't picked up a comic book because, you know, She Hulk. Bones half the Marvel universe. This is nothing to us. So right. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna see what's going on. And like, you know, the hubs asked him, "Hey, do you want to join me and watch this?" He's like, "Yeah, let's do this." And yes, she touched on all the subjects women go through on a daily basis. I'm like, finally, someone said it. And then like, my hubs is just watching this. He's just like, "Is that really what y'all go through?" I'm like. That's not even half the crap we go through on a daily basis. And he's just like watching and he loves it. And he's just like, I love the show. I don't know why people are tripping balls over it. This is fantastic. And then sometimes he'll be like, hey, babe, what? Was this canon? I'm like, babe, it's the MCU. <laughs> oh, so they're not really following the comic. I'm like, well, they they got the blood transfusion part. Yeah, they're Somewhat, I blood. There's blood. Because I did have to explain how she became She-Hulk. Because he was like, are they actually cousins? I'm like, yes, they're cousins. They are blood-related. And he's like, so how does she? And, of course, I had to explain it to him. And he's like, hmm. So we're just, like, watching all these episodes. And Maxie, I just Maxie, did you explain to him, like, well, you see, her mother and his mother were sisters. So that makes them... <laughs> Well, because he he's a stallion, know. he doesn't need to know that. He doesn't really. Well, before he met me, he didn't read comic books. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so when he started going out with me, and like he was like, "Okay, I gotta," and gotta go off subject real quick. He only got into comic books because he was trying to impress me. Like he saw me, and he's like, "I like this girl. I want to go out with her." And then he's like, "Wait, she's a comic book nerd." He's like, "Oh crap." So he's reading comic books and he's like, okay, I don't get this. And then he has to go to his best friend. He's like, explain to me DC and Marvel. And they're like, why do you want to know this? Like, there's a chick at school I like and she reads comic books. And they're like, wait, they still exist? He's like, yeah, so help me impress this woman. It's the same thing for my wife. My wife was like, oh, my wife likes to run? Fuck. That means I got to stop smoking. I had to like, it was horrible, dude. But I, <laughs> hey, I got her. I stopped smoking too because I had to because I could chase after her, but you know, to do it for love. You know what's really funny, Maxie, is like, you just like you said, the show is a lot about 
uh, what what women say they go through, or that's, that sounds wrong. What women go through. Sorry, I apologize. Um, and uh, the, but what I, the reason I was going to say say though is because a lot of men will say, "Oh, well, you're only reading a comic book to impress a guy," and that literally happened to you, Maxie. <laughs> you had a guy reading a comic book just to impress a girl. Oh, and people assume that oh, you only got into comic books to impress your husband. I'm just like. He's the one that started reading. I've been the dork since I was a little kid. I don't know what y'all are tripping balls about. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, like, I like I like the show. Uh, in the beginning, I was very like, okay, I'm up, I'm in, I'm in here. It's it's not the typical MCU show. There was a a dip for me right around, right after the Megan the Three Stallion episode. Kind of just dipped that episode. I forget right around when the Wrecking Crew shows up. Right, right around there, and I kind of think, okay, cool. They're building something here. There's a, there's something here. They're gonna start building towards. It dipped, and then it picked back up when we got Madison, which fucking like started laughing with with the whole Wongers thing and all that. Like I thought it was hilarious. I was like, fuck yeah! And then the whole Donny Blaze thing. I'm like, is that is that Ghost Rider? Is that supposed to be Johnny Blaze? I got, I did a double take with that name. I did a double take. Yeah, because I was like, hold on, that's not cool, writer. And then my wife's like, hold on, like, this episode's weird. Stick with it. Like, there were parts where I was dipping, but then we got past that, and we got into where she got her clothes made, when she went to get the, her outfits made. Uh, I love that interaction with the tailor, and that picked up with me with, dude, Daredevil shows up out of nowhere. Like, oh, shit. Like, that was a great little drop. It picked up and ended well for me, so I definitely enjoyed it overall. <laughs> you know, um, I, I didn't have that problem because I think a lot of people were looking for it to build to something. Uh, when I say people, I mean specifically self-professed true fans of the MCU. We're looking for it to build to a story like, um, well, I was going to say WandaVision, but spoiler alert, Maxi WandaVision story does go kind of weird directions. They don't seem like it's coming from somewhere. Um, Loki kind of has a good story. But then the last episode has nothing to do with the rest of the series. Um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye's got a solid story, but I don't think I'd watch it again because it wasn't super exciting. Um, but but what She-Hulk was is it was literally just a sitcom. Like it was a 30-minute funny show, day-to-day -day episodic adventures. You know, there's little threads that pick up, but that's it. In fact, um, there's a couple threads that I think were out of order. Uh, we, we see the Wrecking Crew, for example, jab a giant needle into her. It doesn't work. And then an episode later, we see them making the needle. And then an episode after that, we find out they didn't need the needle at all. So I think that making the needle scene was meant to be earlier. And they just they put it in the wrong episode. Um, but to be honest, it didn't it didn't dip for me. The only, the only problem I had, and this is, I, I, we, you know, our friend uh, uh, Oscar Garza is, is a, somebody who's worked in animation before. He will, will call me on this, but it was the CGI that bothered me a little bit. And it was only, only for certain episodes. And, and what I narrowed it down to was, it was before she got her nice costumes from Jacobson, Jacobson, and and after she did her first appearances. Because for those couple episodes in the middle there, she had her hair back into a ponytail, and she's wearing suits that don't fit. And the animation of her in this uncomfortable clothing just felt very unnatural. Like more so than just somebody feeling uncomfortable, it looked like somebody not actually being there. But as soon as they had her in clothing that fits, whenever they let her hair down. It, it, it kind of covered for that uncanny valley effect and it looked more natural to me. 
So I just I, I hope they do that more next season. It's not like or when they have a season, I guess. And, and again, I'm not saying this because oh, the hair down it looks nicer. Or I want it to be more sexual or whatever. No, I'm saying it just looked more believable as CGI when her hair was down. When her hair was up, it just felt way too serious. But but in terms of the show, I loved it. I had no problems with it. I, everybody who was complaining about it, they were complaining about things that weren't there. Maxie, you said people were saying like Tony Stark died for this, or one of the one Stanley rolling in his grave. Stanley literally created a superhero called Stripperella. And, you know, right. <laughs> I'm like y'all forgetting about the stripper. <laughs> right? I, I think that I, I like it. that's kind of shine like you said that light. We're like, oh shit, it's funny because it's a perspective I don't know, right? And I love the female characters in this. Her her like paralegal and the other lawyer in the um in the office as well. Mallory. Like I love that interaction. They walk around like they fucking own the place. You know what I mean? I love that energy. I love that vibe, and it kind of helps her. That's very at times and it's weird right? like and i don't know if i'm just watching it there are times where she doesn't like being she doesn't know the whole she doesn't like being the hulk like she says it at a certain point like i don't like being the hulk i want it gone because it takes away from her ability her you know what she's doing right they're focusing on the hulk not her she has to and be then performing all the time always performing right be on and you eventually get into the role of the hey this is her it's not Person, but it's kind of shitty when she's on, on Tinder or whatever, and no one hits her up, or she gets a bunch of like weird dudes. But as soon as she transforms, poof, and she even says it like, Whoa, that's a blow to Jen, you know, like shit, right? That was the episode that got me that hit me the hardest because uh, I was watching it with Handsome Stallion, and we're at the court where she literally humiliates herself to win this case, and the dude is like. He, the the one dude that I thought she was gonna be with because he yeah. he looks so nice. They the the attorney asks him, "Would you have gone out with her if she was Jen Walters?" He's like, "No, she's not my type." But when she she Hulk, that's amazing. And I was just like, that hit me to the core because I was like, "Ooh." I remember those days when I was single and I was already crushing on people and I'm just like and then and I was just like I want to punch this guy really hard like how dare you hurt Jen Walters you bastard but then we get outside and then the other attorney she looks at her and I thought she was gonna say something messed up to her but she's like you deserve better and I'm like oh I'm like, sister, I'm like, yes. Get better clothes. And that was- <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, no, but, but even, though she, even though she says get better clothes, and even though she says that extremely attractive man, she still says it with heart that she does want her to have a better life. Maxie, I have a question for you. You, you said earlier that, that, you know, that that got you and that was that felt really real. And you said earlier that, that it was more, you felt more connected with it than your husband. Um, I have a, a friend of mine's been watching it. And, and there was one scene in particular that she said was just, way too real for her and that was when you see the online comments and all of the hate and all of the death threats and the other kinds of threats and 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 i and i said yeah i mean that happens and she goes no no you don't understand as a woman that that is something that literally is is triggering because they are those attacks are constantly there and i was going to ask maxi what what did you think of that storyline that that bit about the intelligentsia Oh, I can easily relate to that. I mean, I'm a plus-size Latina. I create plus-size comics and art. I create these uplifting animations. And I create what I create to uplift 
you know, people who don't feel secure in their bodies. And then especially me being a little kid, chubby, uh, chubby little squishy kid, um, always being picked on, made the butt of the jokes. And it wasn't just from, you know, school. It was also from family. They're like, oh, la gordita. It's like, oh, you're not going to get a boyfriend if you you keep being so fat. And then when they see, you know, I snagged this ultra hot, gorgeous man, they're just like, did you pay him? And I'm like, do I look like I make enough money to, to afford me a sugar baby? Y'all are insane. So it's like, you know, when I, I saw that comments, I was just like, oof, that is super relatable. And like my hubs, he saw it and he was just like, like he. Part that, it's hard, you know, I watched it with my wife too. And I sat there and it's one of those things where I sit there and watch and kind of, okay. Okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm. This is this is a window, a small little window, right, into what a woman goes through. And like Kevin said, his friend mentioned those kind of like attacks, right? Yeah. And the fear, dancing scenes, and me and my wife were like, "Fuck." Yeah. That's my, like scary. Yeah. You know. And my husband has to watch me deal with this on a daily basis. Like I think the worst ones I've gotten so far. Are when people trolls particularly go on my TikTok and they're like, "Oh, I hope you die at 30 from cardiac disease." And it's like, "Oh, I can't wait for you to die from a heart attack." Like, "Oh, it must be so nice being fat. I hope you die." And I'm just like, "Well, I'm 32 and I'm still good." So I was like, "Bring it, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> so the show right. makes fun of online commenters. And they literally had people after the first show come out, came out saying, men don't really do that. Why would men just approach her as she's walking out of a bar? They would never do that. This would never happen. They're just demonizing all men. And then when the, the online comments come out, they're like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's not realistic. And it's like, they're, they're, they're literally examples of that right now. You are showing that right now. Oh, yeah. And I remember some of my so-called friends on Facebook were doing that same thing. And I'm like, y'all are just proving the point. But, yeah, keep adding Y'all are just providing more content for the show. Keep, keep. I don't know. I think that show itself, like, it does give me that peak, right? And it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's it's comedy. Like, I'll sit there and I'll watch and I watch it. It's funny. And like, I dug some of the cases too. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Why wouldn't that be right? I think we brought it up on the show year, maybe a year or two ago with Walter, where he's like, man, I think you were there, Kevin. We talked about it. Where he was, um, I didn't know that the Avengers don't get paid. You know, like it's like a volunteer or whatever, right? But saying, but just to kind of follow my thread here, those real life situations that we're taking a fantastical thing and down to our level. And so I always thought, why wouldn't there be more lawsuits? Like the whole thing with the She-Hulk branding that Titania took it, and I go like, my wife was like, "Fuck, that's smart." If she's like, "That's smart," she doesn't want the name, and she's using it. And it was an interesting case and how and I know the, the other side of it was kind of dark to watch that happen, right? The situations that, that are brought up with the superheroes, if you will, and how they're integrated in the real world. I really like that about the show. Well, let's jump into that, that law part of it because a lot of that is actually in the comics and I, I think it's really cool to get that. Here's the thing, you could not, you could not by any stretch have had a show like this 10 years ago. You know, prior to the MCU being such a big part of the public consciousness, you couldn't do this. But now we can look at these sometimes sillier parts, like what do you do when the, when the guy you married gets out of the marriage because of superpowers? Or 
what do you do when somebody uses your copyrighted magic act? You know, and, and, and it, it's funny because these are things that have real world parallels. I mean, people have sued over dance moves. You could sue in the Marvel universe over a magic act. You know, I could see that happening. Um, it, it, you mentioned the copywriting the name that happened in the comics. Tony Stark uh, became a fugitive of the law, and you know who got the rights to the Iron Man branding and also all of the Avengers? Because you said that they don't get paid. They're technically under the Maria Stark Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization. doesn't pay them, but it provides food and housing and stuff. Um, well, when Tony Stark was out of the picture, the person who took over? Norman Osborn. So he literally writes to the Avengers, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Spider-Man, because Spider-Man doesn't have anything under his own name because Peter Parker. Uh, he had the rights to all these names, and he made his own Avengers team. So he's a patent he was, troll. Yes, he was. And it actually happened in the comics. Norman Osborn had his own Avengers. It lasted, like I think, like 30, 40 issues just because Tony Stark didn't lock down all the trademarks, um, you know? And, and so, by the way, if I don't get any ideas, everybody, my people's podcast, trademark, trademark, trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the point is, I, I love this aspect of it where we get to see. No, I mean, it, it, people are complaining it's not a real legal drama, legal drama. Of course, it's not a real legal drama, it's a comedy. But, Dude, I, people, I, but I like the time. huh? People sue for like the all the time, like, the, this is not unrealistic. And I like that, uh, Daredevil and her sparring. Physically and mentally, you know, like with the, with their legal with their you know, legal side and their physical side. I love that. I was like, yes, this is the dude. You know, this is the dude right here. When that happened, my wife loved it. She goes, okay, this is the guy for her. For her, you know. Maxie, did you watch the Daredevil episode? No, but I am counting counting <laughs> down to it. I want to see it. I'll like, try to be not spoilery, but there's something I want to bring up. Right. We, we, well, we need to be a little bit spoilery because that—that's kind of our thing. Max said it's okay. Okay, here goes. Go for it. All right. There's a scene. I don't know if you watched this far, but there's a situation where Jen meets a guy at a wedding. Did you get that far? At uh, the wedding part, yeah. Yeah, meets the guy named Josh, and then it turns out you know they have a great relationship. There's a good courtship. They spend the night together, and he ghosts her. Right. <gasps> like. For days, for days, for days. And she texts him like, hey, had a great night. I'm still smiling. Ghost. We're like, we, fuck, we, we no way. Cancel Josh. Yeah, cancel Josh. Hashtag cancel Josh. I'm sorry if you're a Josh listening to this. Well, but hashtag hashtag Josh. that one is not my Josh. <laughs> that is not my Josh. And seeing her in a so vulnerable state as She-Hulk felt so uneasy. I was like, fuck, like, damn. Because she's gives up that, that that vibe. Hey, I'm She-Hulk. I'm I'm, I'm even where she's Jen. You know, she walks around with, with with her. Hey, I know my shit. You can't take me down. She's used to dealing in a male-dominated field, right? She's used to you know doing holding her own. And then when the relationship stuff comes up, it just knocks her down. Where she's losing sleep, she can't deal. That shit was crazy. And then, boom, we get Daredevil walks into the picture. Fucking knight and shining yellow red armor. Oh, I would hold off on that. You know, you use the term knight and shining armor. That's a loaded term nowadays. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, because on the one hand, you have groups of people who see themselves as, quote, nice guys uh, who said, hey, I was a knight in shining armor. Why did you go out with me? And then on the mm -hmm. other hand, you have other guys who call themselves alpha males and stuff. And they say, oh, well, you're just trying to be a knight in shining armor or whatever they say. So wow. either way, that's loaded. Pretty but I will say that Daredevil, spoilers, Maxi, is not that. 
Daredevil challenges her, accepts her challenge back. Uh, he is on an equal level mentally with her, if not physically. But one of the things that's great is that in his old show on Netflix, he could only jump around so much because, you know, A, special effects budget, and B, he was fighting humans. Here, he's doing the comic book accurate, jumping, flipping, bouncing over cars and stuff. Um, and, and she asks him out, you know? So he's not... He's not there to save the no, day. No, let's give let's give Jen props. I literally sat there and I fucking clapped my hands where she's like, So when you go back to New York tomorrow, she's like, Ah, uh, maybe when you come back into town, we can have dinner. She's like, Or we can just skip all that and she brings his ah. ass home. <laughs> and they hook up, you know, like she's like, Fuck that, we're coming home tonight. You know, she took care of business. This is where I was getting towards. And I love that scene where they're you know, they're they're done saying their goodbyes. He does the walk of shame in fucking <laughs> costume. In costume. I'm waiting for that. It is so good. <laughs> I was laughing. It was so good. So many of these men online are like, Daredevil shouldn't do that. They nerfed Daredevil or whatever. And it's like, no, this is the Daredevil of the comics. Yeah, Daredevil has some depressing ass comics, but he also has a lot of fun comics. He's a goofy do-gooder. Not goofy is the wrong word. Dude, to um, watch him walk um, out barefoot fun in costume barefoot in costume with his shoes on his shoulder with a smile on his face you know what i mean he's like okay like fuck yeah i love that that was so good that's why yeah that that's the dude for me that has to be the guy for her like that's just perfect seeing those memes about oh why they do him dirty like that i'm like what the fact that he is another notch on her belt that should be an honor it's she hulk for god's sake yeah like, they turned her into such a and they start you know slut shaming her i'm like yeah. do y'all not actually read a comic book she bones half the universe even like the actual universe it's like are y'all <laughs> waking up to what is actual she hulk or you know what that, that reminds me of something I'm gonna go comic book geeky for a second both Daredevil and She-Hulk have had a lot of partners over the years, right? The big difference is most of She-Hulk's partners have been superheroes. Most of Daredevil's partners have ended up dead or in the insane asylum. Thank Damn. you. <laughs> like, but I loved it. The show made it very fun. And I like that they include her. I forget her name, man. Her her friend Nikki? that helps her with her. Yeah, Nikki, she's fucking great. Like I like I like her so much, and yeah. she brings and so is, much like Nikki's energy. Oh, it's an original character. Yeah, Nikki's not in the comics. There are a lot of uh, various paralegals over the years that have been pretty cool and interesting. Uh, I'll tell you about them in a minute. What, uh, what were you gonna say, Maxie? I have a friend just like Nikki, and I'm just like, <laughs> and that's what makes her perfect. She's the she's the conventional skinny, you know, beautiful, you know, the societal standards of beauty. But to her, it's like she sees me and she's like, Bestie, why are you here calling yourself all this stuff? I'm like, because I am. She's like, no. And if like I remember when dudes used to approach us when we would hang out, they would ignore me. And she's like, hey, 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 I came here with a friend. Y'all can't ignore her like that. And they're like, but she's not our type. And then she's like, well, you're not my type. She's like, nice. I'm, on the I'm like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> even though she moves the plot forward like she's doing stuff and even holding her own without having to have Jen around her it doesn't need She-Hulk to make her feel anything right so she stands alone as a great character I really dug her there are uh, there's a couple paralegals in the comics that are pretty cool uh, the, the one that I like uh, that, that really would be neat to have 
is another one who was aware of something that we haven't talked about yet in our conversation, which is the fourth wall. Uh, she had a paralegal that was a, a middle-aged woman uh, who very much knew the fourth wall was there and even told Jen that's why she wanted the job working in the law office. When she when uh, they, she explained why, it's because she was a superhero back in the 40s, and if she was still popular today, she'd still be young and powerful. But because her comic isn't around anymore, she had to age in the background. Wow. Because that's what happens in comic books. If you're not on the panel, you age. If you're on the panel, you stay young forever. So Whoa. sure enough, she stayed in She-Hulk long enough that she got her young body back. She was that's in, hilarious. She got her body in her prime again, going from being in, in her fifties and sixties to being twenty. So gradually, like, no, it was no, it was a, it, there was a storyline that happened, and oh. magic, this and this and this, and she's like, ha, told you it'd work. <laughs> you know, like, I thought it'd be funny if it was gradual, like through this, like the couple of different issues, you'd see her in the background, just randomly look younger and younger and younger. That'd be fun too. Oh, That'd she be fun. She would literally tell Jen stuff like, hey. You can't talk to the editors right now. This has already been printed. Fans already are reading it, so there's nothing they can do about it now. So fourth wall, the big fourth wall breakage, I guess you want to call this at the end. Uh, what do you guys feel is the energy behind or how do you do you like it? Do you like the fourth wall like in the books um, in this show? Because I've heard through my ears, my, my bubbles online. Oh, she's like Deadpool. She's trying to be like Deadpool. So what do you guys think? Maxi, you're the you're the you're the queen dork here. What do you think? I like it when characters break the fourth wall. I don't think it has anything to do with Deadpool. I mean nothing at all. It's Deadpool. Deadpool's always breaking stuff. I mean, because in my <laughs> comics, my characters are always breaking the fourth wall. Like I, I I've had like in my comics where Chubby Bunny's talking to me directly as I'm drawing her, and then she's just like why are you putting me in the bunny suit? And I'm just like, because it's funny. And it's like, <laughs> you know, when I do this, I feel like I have an actual conversation with my characters. And when I put it in my comics, it feels more authentic because the audience knows that, hey, this is a figment of the creator's imagination. And she's having a conversation with her. Like, I know a few people have told me, you look insane. I'm like, I am insane. Thank you very much. But, you know, I enjoy, you know, and I haven't seen the fourth wall being broken yet by She-Hulk. But now that you tell me, I'm like, hmm. Uh, uh, it's yeah. not overwhelming. There are certain, I think, tastefully done. And it's a nice nod to us knowing, hey, this is not your typical so serious show. It's a fun conversation. It's a fun show where, hey, guys, you feel me on this? This is ridiculous. And then Kevin... Do we dip our toe in that conversation now as far as when we get to the ending? Because that's a whole other well, thing. Well, before we, before we get to the ending, I want to address what you said right now about Deadpool. And that okay. is, yeah, there were a lot of people online saying, oh, she's copying Deadpool. And, and constantly, constantly people were correcting them. We know that they need to correct it. She-Hulk is not the first person to break the fourth wall, but she definitely broke it way before Deadpool. Um, She-Hulk uh, number one in 1989 was the first time she really seriously broke the fourth wall and continued doing it for a long time. Deadpool first appeared two years later, but here's the funny part. Even though Deadpool came out in 91, he didn't actually bre break the fourth wall until 1999, a full 10 years, right. 10 years after She-Hulk and breaking the fourth wall. So yeah, he got into the movies first, but uh, She-Hulk, this is her game. This is her world. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. So, 
I've gotten tired of correcting all these people online. So whenever <laughs> they say that, I'm like, open a read a comic book. Seriously. So well, I just well, it touches on the intelligentsia thing, right? We get to the end of the show and we meet whoever starts intelligentsia. We get to see all these I don't know, fucking haters and trolls and just like like assholes, you know, these with, with real quotes from the internet. Yeah. And they really are saying fucking just trash. <laughs> it's just trash. It's funny because even Nikki's there trying to coach uh, the other guy, uh, the other work, uh, guy that works at the, the uh, plug, thank you. Yeah, and it coached him through because he's like disgusted at how these guys are talking and acting, trashing Jen and She Hulk. And it liked that scene because it's like, hey, it's in your face, assholes. You guys that are out here trashing this show, trashing this character, trashing these people, here you are. Here's the, here's a display of it. Are complaining about representation? Here they are being represented, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, whenever I get those, they're like, it's to becoming too woke, too PC. I'm like, you've never read a comic book, have you? Or walked into the real world and saw what happens. It, it, like, And especially, like, I, I got into a debate with a, a dude who claimed that Star Trek was too woke. And I'm like, <laughs> you've never seen the actual show, have you? You're just talking out of your ass. And like, pick like, any episode for the original series. They're like, what do you know about Star Trek? I'm like, Star Trek was woke before woke was even a word. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. People hearing shit like third, like, you know, misinformation or Mandela effect stuff. You know, like it's always like, it's nobody wanting to do the work. You know, and this show, I love it because it recognized at the end of the show, Maxi, everything comes to a fucking crash. Kevin will jump in here with his. We get everything slammed together at once where intelligentsia breaks, uh, Emil transforms, uh, Hulk smashes through the ceiling, Nikki comes in, everybody's attacking Jen, like it's out of control. And then Kevin, she stops right then and there. What happens? So first off, real quick, um, as that episode, as that scene is leading up, there was something that I wanted to happen and I, I tried to prevent myself from doing, um, but I did have a little fan theory of who I thought Todd was going to be. And the thing is, is that Todd was the, the leader of the intelligentsia and Todd was the one who um, caused all this problem and hired the scientists and all that stuff. But as much as I, I love the, the, the ending, which we're going to talk about right now, I really wanted Todd to be the mad thinker. Which is honestly not important character, very random. In the comics, he's an evil villain who's a part of the intelligentsia. But here's what's important: he makes a giant nice. block-headed robot called the Awesome Android, and it fights. I've seen this image; no. it is and awesome. Then, and the thing is, is that Awesome and the Awesome Android has the ability to adapt to anybody's powers, and it adapts to the goodness of the heroes and then became became a good person. And then he becomes a paralegal working at She-Hulk's law firm as Awesome Andy, the best character ever. He cannot talk, he has a chalkboard and he writes on it to give his words. Um, but I wanted that character, I wanted him to be a bad guy just so in the second season he could be Awesome Andy. But that Sounds being cool. said, that being said okay. Okay. I love the fourth wall break because she did exactly what she does in the comics. In the comics, she would break through the wall of the comic book 
to get to the next chapter of the comic because she was tired of that chapter that was happening. She, there's a part where she rips through, literally going through the ads of the comics and complaining about all the comics that are being sold too cheap online. Well, not online back then, it was mail order. But the point is, is that like, um, she does it here. She breaks through our TV screen, goes into the Disney Plus menu and tracks down the one who runs the Disney universe, which is Kevin himself. Hold on, before we get there. I had the fucking oh shit moment that I sit on the remote because I'm like, hold on, the screen went right to the menus and it froze there. I'm like, hold on, did I sit on the remote? And then she breaks through the paneling on the screen and jumps like jumps through it, looking through it. You see the menus, like, oh my god, this is awesome. This is everything that the comic book did, but it's digital. So yeah, so we she's going to look for Kevin. So here's the thing. I, I saw something. And I would love a listener to contact us and correct me or, or, or confirm what I saw. I w- At my famous podcast, everybody. Remember, we have a link where you can leave a voicemail. Tell us your thoughts. Correct Kevin, if you dare. Please, please do, because I want to know if this is true or not. I watched the show at 6 a.m. the day it came out because I was getting up for going to work. And my friend's like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll watch it. So I watched it at 6 a.m. And I had the subtitles on. And every time she said, Kevin, it was spelled Capital K E V I N, and every time anyone else said Kevin, it was K period E period. You know, the, it, it was spelled out with capital letters, and I started cracking up because I knew what this meant. In, in, in the Marvel universe, when your name is an acronym, you are a giant evil cyborg because that's what happens in Marvel comics. You know, every time your name is an acronym, that's what's going to happen. You know, and note to and self: so- don't make my name an acronym. Got it. But when I was rewatching it again that night, every time they said Kevin, it was normal capitalization until the big reveal. It's a conspiracy. And so I'm like, <laughs> did they change the subtitles between the morning and the evening? Because I caught them. Kevin. I <gasps> Wait, you're a Kevin. I am a Kevin. <laughs> so the Kevin who runs the universe with his baseball cap. Is uh, I'm not sure who he's supposed to be referencing. I have no idea which Kevin that might be. It was um, so good. But, yeah, I know, right? But there's some producer named Kevin, apparently. And, uh, and she confronts Kevin himself over how hackneyed this plot is and how lame it is for superheroes to fight their evil twins. Uh, like, you know, she even jokes about it. Like, when's the last time we had a storyline where the hero fought somebody who copied their powers and just stares at them angrily? Because that constantly happens, you know? Um, and she tells him, look, we don't need to have a giant drag down fight because that's not the kind of show this is. And she's right. It's not the kind of show this is. I still wanted the awesome Android, but we could have had it and not. Anyway, move, side of point, side of point, side of point. But let go. Let it go. I know. I need to let it go. I need to let it go. Um, but there is, there's, there are still some fun Easter eggs in that. Uh, if you look on the wall and in that conversation, oh, you know what's really funny is, is when she gets there to meet the writer's room, yeah. the actual real writers are there, uh, including the, the main director and, and Zeb Wells, the main writer. And then they had two actors playing them in the same table as them. That's so hilarious. Like, I didn't notice that. You had an actor playing the director and an actor playing the writer next to the real people, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, on the wall were, were a bunch of little uh, tips of the uh, tips of the hats, the various stories, uh, like nanobots, which Tony Stark used to depower She-Hulk once. The one I thought was really funny is that as she walks in, somebody says, what if we made all of season two a dream sequence? And that sounds like a joke, but that actually happened in the comics. Uh, John Byrne, the guy that, that made She-Hulk break the fourth wall, 
uh, he did the first nine or so issues of her series back in, the, in 89 and 90, uh, and then left Marvel for a bit, or left the comic for a bit. Don't tell me she was still in the coma with the transfusion. Well, here's the thing. When he came back, 30 issues later, he literally said, everything that I didn't write was a dream sequence. And and even on the cover, he's trying to replace the number 31 with the number nine so he can just take off where he left off. And she That's herself funny. carrying away saying, stop it. You're not supposed to do that anymore. So That's she's awesome. carrying away the creator. So in that comic, she's literally berating her actual creator for going too far. And here in this episode, she is berating her creator for going too far. You know, and I love it. I love that idea. I love it so much. I've loved it. When we walked in, I thought it was going to be Kevin Feige. I'm sorry I'm saying it, literally. And like, that would have been very, very surprising. And then we get Kevin. What was the acronym, Kevin? I don't know if you, I don't know if you can look uh, it up for me. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. Knowledge, energizing, vertex, vortex, integrated nexus. I don't know, something like that. Whatever, um, some shit. It's spelled Kevin, which is, it's you know, Kevin. I know a very important name. And he even has a folded bill like he's wearing a hat with a camera lens. Oh, did you hear Kevin Feige had a complaint about that episode? What? So when they showed him what Kevin would look like, the robot had an actual baseball cap on and he complained about it. And, and, and they're like, let me get this straight. We have you represented as an evil robot AI that controls the entire universe. And the part you're complaining about is the baseball cap. And Kevin goes, yep. So they fixed it. So it was not a baseball cap, but actually a part of his uh, robotic body, which actually worked better because it made it look like the part of the old movie cameras, you know? Yeah, the lens, the lens covers, the lens caps. Yeah, kind of those, the, uh, the light shade, the shade. Yeah. Yeah, so, so apparently that was the one thing he complained about. I think that's kind of funny. I love that she took the reins, right? She took the reins on this and goes, listen, can we change this? This is lame. I want to change it. How about Daredevil come back? How about this happens? Like, I deserve Daredevil. Like, give me Daredevil. And it's like, Yes, that's what I want. And she got the she wanted, per well, se. There's one thing she asked for that she didn't get. True. What was that, Kevin? The X-Men. She said, asked for the X-Men. X-Men. And, and, and canonically, this is the first time the word X-Men has been said in the MCU. <laughs> and you get to the end, it's a family barbecue. We skip over whatever, you know. Yeah drama was gonna happen everything gets solved legally people get arrested they'll sue them in court okay cool back down to earth and here we are at the family family dinner picnic what have you hulk shows up and hulk shows up not alone but he brings a guest and this is where it got really exciting for me as a geek kevin who shows up with with mr mr hulk well if if you were paying attention the very first episode a Sakaran spaceship comes down to get Hulk's attention, but does not attack anything. And in fact, when they get injured from the, the ship showing up, it leaves. Like, oh, uh, didn't mean to do that. Take it off. You know, so whoever it was trying to reach them <laughs> clearly was messed up and just took off again. Came back to contact them again. And when we next see Bruce Banner, he's on the phone on a spaceship. And if you look behind him, all of the equipment behind him on the spaceship is gamma studying equipment for somebody who's got gamma blood because that's all the stuff he used on himself and on Jen. So the only reason he would have that is because somebody told him he's got some child support due. <laughs> because in the comics, in the comics, when Hulk spent a few years on uh, on Sakaar, or a year on Sakaar, um, he fell in love, he had uh, a wife, she got mm-hmm. pregnant, the planet kind of blew up, 
Um, he assumed she was dead. Uh, and what happened was is that the planet was only half blown up and that she had the ability to merge herself with stone. So while she did die, the baby survived, gestating and growing fast in the planet. So Hulk had a son. Uh, Sakaar is almost always in his Hulk form. When he turns into a regular form, he looks like a 10-year-old boy with kind of grayish skin. Um, but he's almost always in his Hulk form. He's basically, what if you mixed Hulk with Conan the Barbarian and he was a teenager? That's that's basically Scar. And uh, I, I love that he's in the show, although I, I have questions about that haircut. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Well, are we going to get Planet Hulk? Is no. this going to lead to Planet Hulk? Because I want Planet Hulk. Uh, no, because Marvel doesn't want to pay for it. Oh, uh, CG. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. No, no. See, you know how I was complaining earlier that Marvel can only use so much Spider-Man because of Sony? Yep. Okay. So Universal owns the distribution rights to all movies starring the Hulk. So as long as the Hulk is a guest star, Disney controls that movie. But if the Hulk is the star, then Disney has to go to Universal and say, is this Okay. Is this okay? Is this okay? Okay, here's your 50% of the money. And that's just too much for Disney to bear. Um, the first movie was made before Disney bought Marvel, so that didn't matter. But after that, Disney's like, we're not going to make any more Hulk movies. So unless that Universal deal got settled in the background, that's not going to happen. We're not going to get a, okay. a Hulk movie. Okay, know that. It's follow-up dream. Okay. Maybe more realistic. Mm -hmm. Are we looking down the path? of young avengers yeah yeah i think we're definitely looking at young avengers i mean we got and they're not young avengers in the comics like that where they're you know teenagers and some no, young, but, but they're young we, we got kate bishop we have scar now we have cassie over in ant-man um one way or another we're going to get the twins from wanda vision you know it's going to happen one way or another you got um, young loki appearing that could be a I, thing I, I don't I think, think that would be Loki. Loki. I, I would like young Loki. I don't think they're going to do young Loki as, as a character in that. Like we've already had young Loki in a show, but I don't think he's going to be part of that. that would be we great. have what uh, America, America Chavez still running yeah. around. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, young Avengers happened, man. Like it's, it's, it's Marvel. it is Miss Marvel. Yeah. Look at that. Young yeah. Avengers. Maxine, you're smiling. You got ear to ear, this grin. Are you excited to watch this thing that we just spoiled in front of you? Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I'm so excited, and like I, I'm like I just can't wait to see what else Marvel has in store for the MCU. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially since I have a, a six year old niece that's like a huge Captain Marvel fan. Like her her birthday, I was visiting them for her birthday, and like just a bunch of Captain Marvel stuff. And I remember the first day I showed up, she was like, "Yeah." Um, Papi and Mommy were telling me that you're the nerd of the family. I'm like, uh-huh. She's like, can you talk to me about Captain Marvel? And I'm just like... You're like, you're like, Miha, this is why I'm here. <laughs> I came here. I There's like, a reason I'm here. I was like, you. have you heard of Miss Marvel? And she's like, what? And I show her Miss Marvel, the, the show that's on Disney+. Plus, and she was like, oh... I was like, she's not a grown woman? I was like, no, she's a high schooler. She's like, oh, and she's brown. I was like, well, you know, she's Middle Eastern, but yeah, she's a brown girl. She's like, oh, she's like, yes. <laughs> and for all these guys complaining that they don't like, you know, She-Hulk or, or Miss Marvel because whatever stupid reason, it doesn't matter. There are plenty of white straight men in the Marvel Universe. There's going to be more of them coming eventually. 
hey, this is not for you. It's for whoever wants it. And honestly, I'm glad it's there for them. Right. Yeah, it, it's fine. I mean, I'm excited that she, like, overall, I enjoyed She-Hulk. I hear this is where it's kind of shitty, right? Great first season. I dig it. I want second one, but there's vibe that it may not happen, but I don't know enough about the business side of things. I feel that if it gets the right, the right, I guess, attention now, move forward, hopefully we get another one because I enjoyed the shit out of it. Honestly, the, the only, if you haven't noticed, none of the Marvel Plus shows have had confirmed sequels when they came out, except for Loki. It is the only one that said there will be a Loki season two. But beyond that, they've been playing it very close to the vest. They don't announce it until they're ready to announce it. So, like, um, there's a few exceptions. You know, they announced the Spider-Man animated series, even though it won't come out till 2024. Um, uh, but for the most part, they don't announce them until they're about ready to already kind of show you something. Um, they, they, for example, have yet to officially confirm Moon Knight season two, and yet rumor has it that they're filming it already. Um, you know, and and um, Heck, Werewolf by Night was an open rumor for like a year, but it wasn't officially confirmed until less than a month before the show came out. So I, I guarantee you there will be a She-Hulk season two. And despite what the Kevin said, um, She-Hulk will show up in the movies. That's um, uh, already been kind of spoiled by uh, Bruce Banner himself. Um, he, he said in an interview that, yeah, she's going to be in one of the movies coming up. We're going to be really excited. And it's like, you weren't supposed to say that, but whatever. <laughs> It's, it's, it's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, if it's not Tom Holland, it's Mark Ruffalo. So it's going to be one of them. <laughs> uh, you know? so, so that's already, we already know she's going to be in a movie. And I guarantee you, everybody's going to be in Secret Wars, you know, when that eventually happens. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I'm excited. I enjoyed the show. Maxie, I know you like it so far. And of course, you're a fan of it. And you're, you're in. You'll, you'll dig it. Trust me. We'll, next time you're on the show, tell us, you were right. It was great. Daredevil. Awesome. I haven't been this is. excited since I found out Lady Thor was in Love and Thunder. Did you nice. watch that one, by the way? I haven't seen it yet, but as soon as I saw her, I'm like, ah, yes! Like, yes! You may want to check out a podcast that I know pretty you know, close to my heart that you know had a great spoiler-filled episode that you may want to check out. They're called My Primo's Podcast. You may really? want to check where, that episode out. You find My Primo's Podcast. You know where you can find it on any streaming service, Spotify, iTunes. I'm on Alexa, on Amazon. Uh, what's that one of the book service they have? Audible. I'm on Audible, everybody. Check us out there, too. Pretend to read a book, you know, but it'll be us chatting. <laughs> hey, listening to a book counts as reading a book. Yeah. True, true. Try to my, convince me like my son. The YouTube synopsis of Animal Farm is just the same as reading Animal not the Farm. Same. <laughs> I'll grant the audiobook. I'm not going to grant the, the summary. <laughs> oh, guy. Well, I had fun tonight. Maxie, did you enjoy your time with us here today? Oh, yeah, definitely. You guys are awesome. Maxie, remind us again, where are you going to be doing this weekend? So this Saturday, um, I will be in San Diego at the Comic-Con International Museum. I will be doing a panel from 2 to 3, but the whole symposium will be running from 10 to 3 I think but the museum will be open till 5 so if I'm not if I'm not on the panel I will most likely be wandering around like a dork taking pictures and just awing at what is you know geek culture that is the best way to wander around 
Definitely. <laughs> Kevin, we will be at Texas Latino Comic Con this weekend, October 22nd here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, just check out our social media for it. Check out at My Primos Podcast, at uh, Texas Latino Comics as well on all social media. Uh, Maxi, where can people find you online? What are your at? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, what else? Uh, well, Instagram as Casuto Productions. TikTok as Casuto Productions. I have a YouTube channel that I'm still working on, also under the same name. My Twitter is the only handle that's not Casuto Productions. It's Chevy Bunny Art because apparently Casuto Productions was already taken. Um, I do have a Patreon for those who want to subscribe and want some what goodies. The, what kind of cool swag do people get if they join your Patreon? So for Patreon, uh, let's see. I have three tiers right now. There's a $3 tier where everyone gets access to all the cool stuff I post before I post it on social media, especially NSFW arts and any like non-censored artwork that I have. Um, there's what the, people on the internet go looking for uncensored artwork. I, I don't, I don't. You only find it on Patreon. Which I think is, it's the $6 tier where you get a print every two months. And then uh, there's a $15 tier where you get, a sticker and a print every two months like uh, for um, <clears throat> I'm going to ship out some Patreon orders soon. I have um, these cool Art Nouveau mermaid stickers that I had from my mermaid of this year. I have these monster girls for October. Um, so these monster girls, their hair is full of ha- uh, eyes, teeth and tongues. So basically <clears throat> normal hair. And they're nude. So that's the cool thing. And it also include the prints of the of all nice. stickers as well. And that's only for the $15 tier, $6 tier. You only get a print or two prints because I ship every two months. And you said your commissions are open right now? My commissions are officially open. Please email me because I've had people DM me. And I'm, trying, I'm telling everyone, do not DM me. Please email me because... Instagram does not always notify me when I get a new DM and it causes problems. So it's better to just email there. I keep track and I do get a notification. So it's like, if you want a commission, go on my Instagram. I have a list there. I will post the list up soon for Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm just trying to fill up the slots because I gave my Patreons priority. And my Patreons get a discount on their commissions as well. So Nice. A reason to be a Patreon. Kevin, <laughs> what else is going on? What's coming up soon? Well, uh, we have on uh, this Saturday, like we said earlier, we got the Texas Latino Comic Con. Uh, and then on November 5th in Austin, Texas, uh, I'll be giving several talks there for the Mexamericon, which is <laughs> one of the many uh, Texas Latino Comic Cons that happen everywhere. Are you going to be there? No, I haven't been asked to come wow. back. Um, oh, I'm the empty. Wow. That right sounded now. dark. That sounded like you have a story to tell after the show. Ooh, no, Maxie. I'm taking a break from all like big shows um, for health reasons. Um, so I'm just sticking to small time shows where I don't have to travel far. But I love Mexamericon. It was the very first con, the first con I've been to in Texas. It's the only reason I went to Texas my very first time. And that's where I got to meet all my friends at Texas. I was like, ooh. And at first I was scared because I was from California. And I'm like, I heard Texans don't like Californians. And I'm like, they don't like us. 
but now there's more Californians here. So it's it's more fun. Come okay. through, come through, Maxi, because I'm going to go to Mex American. That's the goal to go. I'm going to be running around and just uh, snapping up some goodies. Gonna I'm going to be in a panel. You're going to be wandering around like a dork. Yeah, probably not very because, like I said, I'm taking a break. But hopefully sure. next year, if possible, I, I will like um, if they, you know, if they ask me, hey, can you come back and stuff? But yeah, all my love and support always goes to Mex American. Definitely, guys. Well, primos, that's it for us tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. If you guys have your thoughts, again, take down Kevin's challenge. I'm gonna throw out there. Uh, check out our link tree. It's on our social medias at My Pretty Most Podcast. You can go ahead and leave your thoughts there. And of course, go check out Maxi, Kevin Garcia, and of course, My Pretty Most Podcast. You guys have a great night. Cuídense. Adios. Adios. Adios.